woke up with a mind this morning to worship God. Amen. So let's just relax and let's just do the same. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. To the King of Kings. For he
baptized into the body. Did I tell you? No, I didn't tell you. Two oh eight. Hallelujah. I'm already doing it. I'm glad I've been baptized into the body. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna have to uh, go to a chord that is more uneasy <clears throat> for my voice this morning. So it's written in G, which I usually sing in, but I'm gonna sing in C. I'm just gonna
Let me ask, uh, ask Brother Dan to pray for the offer this morning. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that you pour out on us, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would receive, Lord, our offerings and our tithes that we give to you, Lord. Lord, bless this work, Lord. Bless the finances of every person in this place, Lord Jesus. I thank you for what you've already done, Lord. I look forward to what you're going to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just worship the Lord here, this, this particular song.
Anyway, do you know where the monitor volume is on that? Yeah. You know, you know. So it's three green knobs. It's the ones that are the ones that are on the far left. Uh, it says monitor A, monitor B. Where that where that little window is with the number on there. Go left. See monitor. Yeah, I turn those down. Yeah. It's the it's the monitor. Good to see everybody here, man. Supper, just the morning service, the Lord's Supper, and once we once we get done with that, then we'll dismiss, and then that evening will be a regular service. But uh, and then on the thirty-first, which is on a Tuesday, uh, we will be having our gathering at the Armory. Uh, we can get it from seven to twelve, so we have those few hours. And I get, the menu looks like it's going to be mashed potatoes, gravy, turkey. And if anybody wants to bring some side dishes, uh, and then there will be, we'll, we'll kind of, as we get closer, lay out the details of the activities that are going to take place that evening. But uh, we're going to bring in the new year, um, as we always do every year. So <clears throat> everybody be advised. And uh, what else? Uh, we were going to have the lunch sale it was supposed to be uh this last friday but because of what happened with brother rich and him and all this uh it was it was kind of postponed we haven't decided a date yet but <clears throat> sister melissa said we'll we'll try to reschedule so when that happens we'll let everybody know we did disperse of course uh what was it was it 1380 pounds Oh, 1,700 pounds of potatoes. 1,780. Wow, wow. So thank you to everyone that came and volunteered that yeah, that's right. helped to deliver the potatoes. Thank you guys for it. And we were just talking about that uh, that day, and Brother Dan was, was talking about that. He said, did you know that there's a potato shortage? And there's going to be a potato shortage because of the crops, because of the weather. It just kind of put a, it just kind of slowed everything down. So, for whatever reason, the Lord bless the the the, the Yankton Sioux tribe, and we're sending them a uh, a thank you card. They do this every year. Of course, this is the first year they did it with potatoes, but uh, they always bless the church with a monetary gift at Christmas time. So. Um, we're so thankful for that. Yeah. But thankful to everybody that helped that day. I mean, it was, had a good time, didn't it? Amen. That's right. The youth group did a good job. That was their time for them to come into. They had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, they had a lot of fun doing it. So it's always, it's always a blessing. It's always a blessing to do God's will and to bless people. Because we, we service, I don't know how many people. Uh, that list is a big list. 
had to be pretty close to, I think, uh, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it has to be maybe 100 or more. I don't know. Wow. There was, I had to wow. 80, 88 uh, as of 10 o'clock yesterday. Okay, 88. So we are, we're a little less than 100, but that's a lot of families. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of homes. Yeah. When you do people, when you when you exercise kindness and goodness to people, of course the world labels it altruism. You, you, you want to just be good to somebody? Uh, we're supposed to be that way every day. Right, right. But anyway, uh, that is that is remarkable because <coughs> you know it's good that the people of God minister to the people that are out there. So thank you very much, everybody. That had their part in it, and that did some groundwork, some delivery. I know Brother Kevin traveled all the way to Yankton. Wow. Yeah. Wow. There was, there was a young lady that belonged to the church. We thought she was still here, but she moved to Yankton. Of course, there were several families over there, so we kind of, uh, <clears throat> okay, uh, Sister Julia, are you gonna have class this morning? Nope, okay. So everybody stays in here, I guess. The only, th the only difference about being in here is I do not have crafts. <laughs> but all you young people, how you doing, Zoe? All you young people, Hunter. I see you back there, Hunter. And, and Juju. All these young people. Aiden. Quite a few of them back there. Gabe, I don't know, uh, Sister Rihanna, is that your grandchild? This is my daughter, this is my grandchild. Okay. Leah and Kristen. Okay, Leah and Kristen. You know what, I, I found out something. A lot of times we don't think the young, younger generation is <laughs> listening because they're all, all about this, moving around. <laughs> but you know what? They catch things. Because they'll walk up to you and they'll, they'll surprise you. And it's like, wow. So obviously they can multitask. They can play with toys and still their ear will be out there. This morning I was walking my son's dog. Six o'clock this morning, got up. Woo, nice and nippy outside. I take him outside so he can do his thing. And I'm astounded at that dog. His hearing is very, his senses are really high. And, and, and we were standing on the corner there after he got done doing stuff. He walks around and stuff, gets his, stretches his legs, does his thing. And we're standing on the corner there and all of a sudden he goes. <laughs> so I look down the street and it's kind of, you know, street lights every now and then. But all of a sudden I catch a, a small movement and it was a rabbit crossing the road. He seen that or he heard it. And he just, it was like, <laughs> but, so, I hope we're sensitive like that, Amen. to God, Amen. to God, because we need to be sensitive like that to God, we need to have that ability to be sensitive to him when he speaks to us, and even when you feel something other than that, when you feel something other than the presence of God, like the Apostle Paul said, we have the power to pull down strongholds. Yeah. Right. We have the power 
to pull down strongholds and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So we have the power to do that whenever these thoughts come. These thoughts come. Then you need to take authority and say, in Jesus' name, I bind you and I pull you down. You have no place here. You have no place here. Amen. And we do have the power. Does anybody know what strongholds mean? Strongholds, yeah, 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 something like that. It's like a fortification. But here's the other part of it. If you take that word and you look at it, there's a word that they use for strongholds in the Old Testament. You know what that word is? Garrison. And a garrison contains how many soldiers? I heard somebody told me a garrison contained like over 100 soldiers. So strongholds means that regardless of the numbers, guess what? We have power to bring them down. power to bring them down. That's why the devil's more afraid of you than you are of him. You have power to cast him out. You have power to cast him out. You have the name of Jesus on you. The name that is above every name. That is the, the height of authority and power. And so we have that power. That's why that's why John said that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's why he said that. There's a reason why the apostles say things like that. It's not just to fill our ears. Huh? Oh, that sounds good. They want us to understand what we really have. The reality of our experience. Our salvation. Here, here's a sad thing, and I'm not trying to be judgmental. A lot of Christians don't know how to become be Christians. That's right, it's more than just a confession. It's a way of living. It's a belief. It's a faith. And a lot of Christians don't know how to be Christians. First of all, if you're going to be a Christian, that word is linked with the word Christ. Christos, the anointed, or the anointed ones. So a true Christian is not somebody that just says, I believe in Jesus. A true Christian is an anointed person who is following the Lord. In other words, they're filled with the Spirit. That's a true Christian. Not somebody says, oh, I know who Jesus is. I believe in him. I'm a professed Christian. No, 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 you're not. <clears throat> so, you know, you think about that. Turn with, with me in your Bibles uh, to the book of Matthew. And we'll, we'll indulge ourselves in the word of God. Amen. <clears throat> if you take your time, you can go ahead and be seated. This is Sunday school. <laughs> this is kind of a relaxed atmosphere Sunday school is but we still dig don't we we still dig we still search the scriptures it's a beautiful thing about this this isn't boring to me this isn't boring to me this is exciting amen and, and, and of course, you know, there's some things that I, I, I obviously realize, I understand when God lays something on my heart, I go, hmm. 
I now I know who to take this mail to. Amen. <laughs> now I know who needs this letter from God. Amen. We all do. Amen. <clears throat> Before it gets to you, it gets to me. And I sit there and it goes, woo, this works me over good. <laughs> like Brother Craig sometimes, slaps you on the side of the head. <laughs> but you know what? I'd rather be hit with the truth than kiss with the lie. We're living in a day, uh, Matthew 22, we're living in a day where everybody, the Bible says, Paul said, in, in, the, in those days, they're going to heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears. In other words, they want to hear what they want to hear. They, they want you to scratch their ear. Well, sorry to say, I'm not good at ear scratching. That's right. <laughs> so if you come to get your ear scratched, I don't, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to let you down. Praise God. Matthew 22, verse number 34, and I better get there myself. I'm standing here talking. And Matthew 22, verse number 34, we shall begin with, uh, I hope I can, by this lesson this morning, I hope I can somehow impart some kind of understanding in everybody here. And I may be some of you that know it already, that's fine. That's fine, but maybe there's some of you that don't. But God knows what he's doing Amen. as far as his word is concerned. Matthew, Matthew 22, verse number 34. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Master, and, and they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Amen. Which is the great commandment in the law? Trying to somehow, you know, entrap him. But here's Jesus. He answered, he said, Then said Jesus unto them in verse number 34, Thou shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. You see that? Thou shalt love. Thou shalt love. So we need to learn to love God. Okay? And then he says, this is the first and great commandment. This is the first and greatest commandment of the law. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. You need to understand this, church. <clears throat> you cannot have a relationship with God if you don't love Him. That's right. And that is the greatest commandment that we are to love Him. Okay? Love Him with all our heart, love Him with all our soul, love Him with all our minds and he said the second is like unto it thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself Amen. so the second is 
pretty similar to it. He said, but this is this. You have to love your neighbor as yourself. How many of you love yourselves? Huh? Some people really love themselves. They really love themselves. But you're to love your neighbor as yourself. Woo! Man. Then he says, on these two commandments, on these two commandments, on these two commandments, to love God and to love your neighbor, look what he says, hang all the law and the prophets. Upon these two commandments, the entire law and the prophets are suspended. They're held up. <coughs> They're held in check. Woo. That's powerful, isn't it? Yes. Just upon these, if, 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 here's the wisdom of God. Because if you, if you look into the word of God, you look into the Old Testament, and you see all those laws that were given to Israel in the Old Testament, you go, wow, man, that's a lot of laws. But you know what he said? As long as you keep these two laws, you'll be able to keep all the rest of the laws. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Is that understandable? Yes. Upon these two law hang all the law upon these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. They're suspended on that. So if you fulfill these two first, guess what? You're gonna be able to keep all the rest yes. of them. Man, isn't that something? Yes. It's, it's, it's so simple. He kind of simplified it for us in condensed form. Now, <clears throat> it took years of study to, to get me to this place to understand what God was saying about his word, about his law. Did not, I did not receive it all at once. We all know that, don't we? Right. It took years of study, years of, of, of walking with God to finally comprehend the whole picture the, the very whole, everything that, that pertains to us as far as our, our walk with God, our living. Okay? But, but here, here's something. It's just like once you get that whole picture, then, then you look back and you can look at all these different times when God imparted or our, 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 our revealed his word to people. And back then they didn't go, wow, that's All he said was, obey it. Don't try to understand it. Okay? Here's some advice for you. Don't try to figure it out. Just obey it. Because later on down the line, if you obey it, pretty soon, you later on down the line, all of a sudden, that revelation is going to hit you. you go, wow. And that's why God just told me to obey. Because if I tried to figure it out, I would still be in square one. Man. I'm going to get deep today. Amen. Because I want to help you. I want to help myself. I want to help you, so I'm going to go deep. I'm going to go below the surface. And it's not going to be hard. Right away, somebody says, oh, now here we go now. No, it's not that hard. Huh? Anybody, you know, we, and it's good if, if you attend a youth group, Every, every now and then, we, we're always questioned about the Ten Commandments. And 
try to figure out which which one is is which commandment. And of course, you, you know, in my younger day, I mean, we, we quoted that we had to know that whole chapter, the chapter of uh, Exodus 20, uh, everything, the first uh, Exodus uh, 20, verse 1 to 19, I think it was Brother Aaron. Mm -hmm. We had to know that by heart. Wow. And we had to get up and quote it. And we couldn't miss a lick. Wow. And, and so somewhere inside this brain here, I processed it and I, I stored it in a memory bank. But for some reason, it, the, the door to that memory bank, sometimes it's hard to open up real fast. Mm -hmm. So you could ask me a question about the scripture and, and I'll kind of like, and you all know that. I'll kind of, you know why we do that when somebody asks us a question? We're searching for it. Yeah. We're looking, trying to look in our minds. Yeah. Where is that at now? Which, which bank did I store that in? <laughs> yeah. That's what I have to do sometimes, but here, here's me. Slow reaction. Pretty soon later, it comes to me and goes, ah, now I know, but it's too late. <laughs> but it's still there. Yeah. You'd be surprised sometimes the anointing comes on me and I could, I could just I could talk it like nothing. Mm -hmm. I could quote it like nothing. It, it's, it's there. So, But anyway, I'm, I'm kind of getting away from everything. But the Ten Commandments, how many of you have ever read or studied the Ten Commandments? Okay. The first commandment, and this is just summarizing it. This is just kind of summarizing it. The first commandment says this. Thou shalt not have Thou shalt not have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not have no other gods before me. Of course, there's more to that verse, but I'm just breaking it down. Second commandment is, thou shalt not worship any graven image. And you keep going on with that one too. But thou shalt not worship any graven image. The third commandment is, thou shalt not take God's name in vain. And the fourth commandment is, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. The fifth commandment is, honor thy father and thy mother. The sixth is, thou shalt not kill. The seventh is, thou shalt not commit adultery. The eighth is, thou shalt not um, steal. The ninth is, thou shalt not bear false witness. And the tenth is, thou shalt not covet. Okay? Now, did everybody get that? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I, I want to share something with you. Because people say, well, in order for me to, for God to be pleased with me, I need to keep the Ten Commandments. And I'll be just fine. And, 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 and people, if you study the Ten Commandments and everything that's written in the Ten Commandments, did you realize this? They're actually broken down into two categories. When you keep the Ten Commandments, you're actually fulfilling what we just read in Matthew 22. Because he said, the first of the greatest commandments is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength, right. so on and so on. You know what? That's part of the Ten Commandments. Right. And then the, the other, second commandment is thou shalt love thy neighbor as yourself. That's the other part of the Ten Commandments. Right. So when you keep these two laws, you're actually keeping the Ten Commandments and you're keeping all the other commandments that are contained in the word because all these other commandments are basically attached 
to the Ten Commandments. It's just, it's like, how many of you ever, uh, you know, when I went to school, I used to get those little things, uh, what do you call those? You, you would store stuff on, my mind, flash drive. And, and you would store your stuff, information on there, but you would start out, you, you would start out in a certain category in that flash drive, and you hit that, you hit that button and it breaks up and it kind of breaks off and then it, all this other stuff. <laughs> you can build something out of it. There's all these big, big, you have all these, uh, if I want to say it that, that way, all, all, the, all the catalogs are based of what you're trying to, you know, build up in there. <coughs> you know what? That's how the law is. We have these two commandments break off into the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments break off into all these other laws in the Old Testament and New Testament. Did you know that all the all, all the laws in the New Testament are basically Old Testament? Mm -hmm. They're taking that and, and you know what they did? They transferred it to the New Testament. Now, now, now when you think about that, uh, I, I want you to understand this. Because a lot of people, even theologians, say this. Oh, some of those laws do not pertain to us today. Huh? That was in the old covenant. So they don't pertain to us today. Wow. Huh? And, and here's the thing. If, if I want to try to somehow help you to understand this. When, you, when we talk about the laws in the, in the scripture. And, and I can get more defined if I want to. But for sake of time, I'm just going to break it down for you. Is that all right? But in the scripture, when you talk about the law, uh, go with me to Romans chapter uh, 7. And, and verse number uh, 14 in, in the book of Romans, you see here, in verse number 14, and Paul's talking about the law here. Uh, well, we'll start with verse number 12. He said, wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy. In verse number 12. And just and good so the law is holy the commandment is holy and it's just and good did you see that there's nothing wrong with the law when I say law I'm talking about the law of God there's nothing wrong with the law why are we why are we so afraid of the law Woo, human nature huh walk on what's that expression eight shots we're afraid. Why are we afraid? We shouldn't be afraid. That's right. uh, and I'll share that with you in a moment here. We shouldn't be afraid. Boy, we should fear God. We should respect Him. Amen. We should love Him. Amen. But He says that the law is the law is the law is just and it is good. In verse number fourteen, look what He says: For we know that the law is spiritual. So all these laws are spiritual. Now, now here's, a, here, here's a good question. Why do you think they're spiritual? Look at Paul said, for the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. First of all, the law is spiritual. Where did the law come from? What was the source of the law? Okay, what did, what did, what did Jesus say? Who God was? God is a spirit. 
So the law is spiritual because its source was God, is God. All right? And guess what? You and I have a human spirit. All right? So we understand it. So, so here's, here's the uh, <clears throat> discrepancy. So I'm going to say it that way. When you look at, when you study the scripture, and, and, and I'll use the Old Testament for an example, <coughs> excuse me, there's actually three types of law that are, are, that are given in the Old Testament. The first law is this, it's the moral law, okay? Can I, can I help you a little bit here? How do you know it's a moral law? If you study the scripture, if you study from the book of Leviticus all the way to Deuteronomy, anything that pertained to moral law, the Lord said that anybody that broke the moral laws, he said, is an abomination to me. Okay? There was the moral law, and there was also the civil law. Okay? And I'll, and I'll define that here in a while. And there was the ceremonial law. And these are all well, spiritual laws, because God's the one that, amen, brought them to Moses and the people of Israel. So these, all these laws come under that category of being spiritual, okay? <clears throat> so we see that. But right now, which, which laws do we, do we not use anymore? The ceremonial laws. So if we don't use the ceremonial laws, then, then the... the, the Moral laws and the civil laws are still in place. You understand that? The moral laws and the civil laws are still in place. Now we can, and, and I, I don't, for time's sake, I can probably, and there's so many of them, I, I can break it down into categories. And, but when I say this, now listen to this, listen to this. All these laws always speak of your relationship with God and your relationship with man. So thus the two commandments, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy, with all thy strength, and thou shalt love thy neighbor. All these laws are, are contained in those two greatest commandments. So if we do what Jesus asks us to do, we won't have any kind of problem with those laws, keeping those laws. Is that understandable? Okay, so the moral law, listen to this. Moral law, according to Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, means it relates to principles of right and wrong. Okay? Conforming to a standard of right behavior. That's, the, that's moral law. Con, uh, relates to principles of right and wrong, conforming to a standard of right behavior. That's the moral law. Huh? Okay? Civil law is this. Relates to citizens of a general population. Woo! So not only our relationship with God, our relationship with our fellow man. Wow. That's amazing. Okay? And, and just for the sake of gainsayers, I, I put this in there because I know because every time we talk about who we are, and people look at the way we are, and the way we walk, and the way we talk, and the way we dress. They say, oh man, you guys are legalists. What's a legalist? Okay. Le legalist or legalism is 
Strict, literal. And, and I like the way, I like the way Webster put this in there. Excessive conformity. <laughs> Somebody always has to have some kind of rebuttal. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to slam God. Yeah. Strict, literal, or excessive conformity to the law, to the law or to a religious moral code. I'll share that with you in a few moments here, why mankind has that perception or mentality of why it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not as hard as we think it is. That's right. Yeah. And if you really love God, what did Jesus, what did, what did Jesus say? If you love me, keep my commandments. And you know what he said? Well, you know what the Apostle John said? And his commandments aren't grievous. I obeyed my dad, and I wasn't an angel. Tell me if I said, you weren't? <laughs> No, I wasn't an angel, but you know what? I, I love my dad. I still do. I'm going to see him one of these days. And I love my mother. And you know, because I love them, every time they instructed me, every time they commanded me, guess what? Because I love them, I obeyed them. I obeyed them. Not because I had to. But because I love them. Amen. Hmm? Amen. And so, so we see that. But what what is our where do we break that connection as far as the, the law of God is concerned? Where do we break that connection? Where are we having difficulties? Why is it so hard for us to attain to the righteousness of God? Why does mankind struggle with the law of God? Why do we struggle? Seems like this is something that we're always burdened with. Mm -hmm. huh? yeah. That's why a lot of people are just living chaotically. The Bible says in the last days there's going to be lawlessness. Huh? You hear me? Lawlessness. We're living in that day. And I'm not just talking about the laws of the land. I'm talking about the spiritual laws. Amen. I'm talking about even the laws of creation. There's laws of creation. Yes. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And there's, of course, spiritual law. There's, there's, there's moral law and there's civil law. Those are still out there and they're still in place. No, nothing's changed. He said, I am the Lord. I change not. Nothing's changed. Yeah. But mankind sure has a hard time living up to that, living up to the law. They've always struggled with it. There's a reason why they struggle with it. Maybe there's a reason why some of you struggle. Maybe there's a reason why some of you kick against the bricks. Amen. 
you have difficulty. You ever, you ever wonder why? Why it is that? Why it's so difficult? I was sharing with uh, Sister Tracy, my wife showed her a picture of me before my conversion. <clears throat> the tallest Mexican. <laughs> and you know what? After the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost, boy, I tell you what, you get a work in me. I wake up every, I, I'm, I'm getting to my scripture here. I wake up every morning looking in that mirror. Something is not right. Huh? I didn't know the word, but the Holy Ghost was convicting me. You know what? My dad raised us. He he would keep, he would cut our hair. He was our barber until our uncle Andrew Blackwell. When, they, when he moved back from Rapid City, then we would go to Uncle Andrew, and he would he would gouge us. I mean, cut our hair. <laughs> He's probably laughing right now. But my dad would always keep our hair short. You know, right now I'm a hippie. Sorry. I apologize, I repent. I'm a hippie. Hair's getting a little long. My dad would cut our hair. But you know what I did? After I graduated high school and after I got on my own, guess what? I'm free now. Hmm? Don't have to do with my mom and dad. I'm free. I'm my own man. Hmm. I'm a macho man. I didn't realize what macho really meant. And, and, and of course, guess, guess what happened? My hair started to grow longer, and I started to grow a mustache, and I started to grow a goatee, a beard, and I just let it go, and I just became a hippie. That's just the way it was. Human nature, if you let it, it will. Why, why, why I do this? I have to wake up every morning. I'm old fashioned. I, you have an electric shaver? No? I'm old fashioned. I get that shaver and came up. Get that razor. See my dad do it. So that's how I learned. He said, You're going to have to learn to shave one of these days, son. So I started doing it. I started to get, you know, facial hairs. And, and I thought, oh man. Now today when I have to shave it, oh man, here we go. <laughs> I wish you should, well, I guess you have to shave your legs, so I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you a break this morning. <laughs> but here's the thing, James chapter one, James chapter 1. Go with me there. Go with me there. And, and, and this is, this is I, I think, where we kind of <clears throat> have that difficulty. We have that little setback is because of this. And we, and we don't realize that. You know, and I'll, and I'll, I'll get to my point at the end. This man time is running out too, so I'll try to hurry. <clears throat> but in James chapter 1, verse number 22, <laughs> it says, <clears throat> but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Do you see that? Yeah. Okay. Then he says, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, 
He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. You know what that is? That's a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. You forget what you really look like. Your reflection. He said, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. So let me, let me tell you something. Right now, this morning, all of us are standing before the looking glass. Amen. The mirror of God's word. We look into that mirror. If you don't believe me, look what they did in the Old Testament one day when the, when the Israelites went into the, the tabernacle and, and they approached the labor. The first thing they had to do when they to, to wash themselves after labor, but when they bent down to wash themselves around that column of that labor, there were looking glasses or mirrors that were placed around it. So every time they washed themselves, they could get a really good look at themselves. God always wants us to see ourselves. Not as we see, as he sees. His, his perception of us. That's why we look into the mirror of God's word. A lot of times we forget who we are. We come in here. We may hear it. We have probably have done a lot of hearing. But we haven't done any doing. There's a reason why. He always brings the word in the manner he brings it. It's not just to entertain us. It's to instruct us. It's to bring understanding. It's to bring knowledge. It's to bring wisdom. So every time we come before God, we come before that big mirror. And guess what? We, we all, let me tell you something. I get convicted when I face the word. How many of you get convicted when you face the word? You come in here and you get a good look. God shows you a really good look of who you really are. As far as his word is concerned. So that's what he was saying. He was saying that, uh, you know, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholds himself and goes, goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. So that's, that, that's, that's right there, I believe, is the problem that we have. We come in, and we take a real quick glimpse at ourselves through God's eyes. Mm -hmm. in, in, in God's eyes, we say, I don't like what I see. If we look at our reflection through our own eyes, we go, oh, I really like what I see. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Wow. There's a difference. Yeah. And here's the word of God. It shines, and we take a good look, and right away, you know what we want to do? Because our reflection is not that great. Hallelujah. Yeah. Let me share something with you. Look, look, look in verse number 16 in this chapter. Look what it says. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Do you see that? Do not err. There's a reason why he said that. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Look what he says. 
For every good gift, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variables, variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now look what he's saying. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. All right? What's he talking about? The word. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Hey, come on. Let's, let's get it right. So if he's talking about his word, he's, he obviously is. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. <clears throat> For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Where, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. He says, so don't err. Then he says, you need to be a doer, not a hearer. Amen. He's, all, he's concentrating on that. He's talking about the word because when we come in, we face that word. We face the law of God. We look at that reflection and we go, Whoosh. So God wants us. Here, here, here's an amazing... Here's, here's something amazing. I, I, I want everybody to hear this. We can, everybody say, we can. We can. We can. Live for God. We can. We can. Keep His commandments. It's as simple as that. We can. All this, before we come to know the Lord, we used to say this, we can't. Huh? Some of you started out just a few weeks ago. Some of you obeyed God's word. You all know what it's like, huh? <clears throat> you hear the gospel. So you want to be you want to be saved, huh? So what do you do? You obey his word. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the admission of sin, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You begin your, amen, testimony of obedience to his commandments. Yes. Amen. It is possible to obey God. Amen. We're so used to disobeying him. Hallelujah. I hope I have everybody's attention. Amen. But there is As Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen. Okay? So somebody might say, well, how am I going to do that? <coughs> Very simple. Very simple. Jesus said, Take my yoke upon me and learn of me. For my burden is light and my yoke is easy. Woo! Amen. When you, when you come to the knowledge of God, when you receive salvation from the Lord, you're going to find out everybody in here that's ever been baptized in Jesus' name that has obeyed God, guess what? Without that burden, without that 
burden of heaviness lifts this yoke. You know why? Because you took off that old yoke and you put on his yoke. <clears throat> if you're still struggling, if you're still having a hard time, it's obviously because that yoke kind of came back around your neck again. Huh? Get this in your mind. Living for Jesus is not hard. That's right. Amen. Why does the Bible say the way of a transgressor is hard? Uh -huh. <clears throat> Living for Jesus is not hard. It's actually pretty, in, 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 a, in a sense, if you do his will, pretty easy. Huh? I still can't figure it out. I'm not, I'm not trying to. Man, it's been, oh, Lord Jesus, 38 years since I had to do this. Huh? He set me free from that. And then I search around for my stuff and I get some pills out. He set me free from that. Yeah, Woo. No more Budweiser tall. Huh? Yeah, no more uh, uh, Jim Beam. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Canadian Windsor. None of that. Huh? Yeah. None of that. I don't have to break that seal no more. Woo. Amen. He amazes me. Yeah. And the only reason why I've been a follower is because I have to. Because I love him. Yeah. Because I love him. Okay? <clears throat> so, Romans chapter 8. <coughs> so, <clears throat> I, want, I want you to see that. So, if we don't want to be a forgetful hearer, but a doer, Look what he says, Romans chapter 8, verse number 3. The reason why it was a struggle for us, the reason why sometimes maybe we struggle even now, is this. It says, for what the law could not do. Remember, the law is good. The law is just. The law is holy. That's what he said, didn't he? Yeah. The law is spiritual. Remember that. He said, for what the law could not do. The law couldn't do anything. Why? Why couldn't it do anything? In that it was weak through the flesh. There was, there was our problem right there. It was weak through the flesh. We, we could not do it because there was just no way it could really inspire or motivate the flesh. Why? Because we were all basically carnal, huh? worldly, fleshly people. It was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, look what he says, condemn sin in the flesh. He condemned that. Guess what? We were born. We were born into sin. We were shaped into iniquity. So we were born into this. That's why we just, you know, by 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 being in the in the environment we lived in. Guess what? Sin, sin, 
shaped us. Sin made us who we were. Okay? So here we are. That's, that's why when the word comes, we, we want to, uh, you know, we, it sounds good too, doesn't it? When you hear it, it sounds good, but what happened? There's a block there. It's like, wow, I like that, but. What's that but part? It's your flesh. Your flesh is standing in the way. The law is, is weak through the flesh. That's why it's important for you to understand, you know, I think about uh, <clears throat> what, what uh, the Apostle Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, if you want to go there, and, 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 uh, and, and look what he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse number, uh, verse number 14, he says that, uh, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man cannot receive the things that are of the Spirit of God. That's this flesh. That's this flesh of yours. <clears throat> First and foremost, yeah, the devil's there is going to try to stop you. Well, not first and foremost. He'll be there to try to hinder you. And the world will try to be the influence. But bottom line, you're one of the main characters in this. Your flesh. Man, that sure sounded good today. I sure felt good. But but your spirit rejoiced, but your flesh said, but huh? so we see that the natural man does not perceive the things that are of God, receive the things that are of God because they are spiritually discerned. So we see that. Okay, I'm just giving you examples of what, what the Bible says. Romans chapter 8. Now go back to Romans chapter 8 and, and you'll see another uh, good example. I should have maybe read that one first, but there's nothing wrong with it when you're moving around in Scripture. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, verse number 7, it says this, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject, does everybody see that? It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So your carnal mind cannot submit to God's law. Huh? Well, let's back up a little bit. Verse number, <clears throat> verse number four, look what it says. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh. We shouldn't walk after the flesh. Can I paraphrase this for you a little bit? Don't let your flesh dictate the way you walk. That's right. We should not walk after the flesh, but we should after the spirit. That's right. So we should walk after the spirit. That's the thing we should be pursuing in our lives. For they that are after the flesh, look what it says, do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It, it hates God. That's what enmity means. It's an adversary. Ooh. That's why <clears throat> that's why it's important for us to understand. Let me give you some credit. 
All of you made it this morning. You're here. You know why? Because your spirit says, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be renewed. But I guarantee you, if I said, no, 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 it's cold outside, possibility of snow, huh? Don't feel like getting up early this morning. No, no, just stay where you are, stay warm, be safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh? But your spirit said, nope. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Huh? That's right. I'm going to get up and take a shower and get my church clothes on and I'm going to go and man am I going to lift up Jesus huh? am I going to lift up Jesus and you know what I'm going to do I'm going to even clean out my ears so I can hear the preaching this morning huh? get my heart ready so he can slap it up with the word huh? hallelujah give me a joke Bye, because I need to huh all the time, your flesh is saying, no, come on now. What are you doing? You're getting carried away. Huh? <laughs> that's a sad thing. That's what a lot of people say when you get really into the move of God and yeah. into things of God. You're getting too carried away. Huh? I'm glad I'm getting carried away. I'm glad I'm getting carried away. Yeah. I used to when I was in the world. Didn't care what I did. Didn't have no shame. Made a fool of myself. Huh? Woke up the next morning, wondering what I did. Then when I found out, went, oh man, I did? Yes, you did. Oh, wow. Huh? We did foolish things. We made fools of ourselves. Huh? How come we can't do that for the Lord? Yeah, right. That's, right. That's what I was going to call you this morning. All you diehards for Jesus. Hallelujah. I knew Sister Walker was going to be here. Yeah. Amen. I knew she was going to be here. Yeah. Praise God. She reminds me of my grandma. She has that kind of faith, resolute faith. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to church. Yes. Uh, couldn't say, no, Grandma, I don't want to go. You know what you do? <laughs> we're going to go to church. I said, we're going to go to church. I never said that because I learned that a few times. Don't say no to Grandma. She's got a good, a good slapping hand. Huh? Every once in a while, I catch Grandpa kind of. <laughs> Don't you dare do that, Grandson. Hallelujah. But that's just the way we ought to be. Right. It's the way we ought to be. Where am I now? Oh, yeah, I'm giving you a Bible study. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3. I, I want to share this with you. I'm almost done. I'll, I'll try to stretch it out. I don't know. <laughs> I might not make it, but uh, he says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, look at this. This is amazing. This is amazing. 
He says this in verse number three. He says, for as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Huh? Not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Huh? We're a testimony. We're a testament to what God is doing in us. And how is he able to do that? If we allow his spirit to work in us. That's what he said. If we follow, if we follow after, walk after the spirit, as Paul said in Romans 8. If we walk after the Spirit, guess what? We're going to be able to live for God. You're going to overcome. You're going to live an overcomer's life. Amen. Huh? Amen. You're, you, and I don't want to jump again, but you're going to be able to fulfill God's law. Okay? Listen to this. He says, he says this. <clears throat> and such trust have we through Christ to Godward. In other words, this is what is going to nail it down for us. This is what's going to give us the, the, the stability, the assurance that we are God's. Yes. Through Christ, to God works. Woo! I'm a child of God. And so are you. Amen. I'm a child of God. He's came into my life. He's changed my life. He's doing the work in my life. So I'm a child of God. I'm his. I'm his son. You're his sons. You're his daughters. So he's doing a work in us. But when you, when you look at it and you, and you see, he said, not that we are sufficient of ourselves. Not, not that it's because of who we are ourselves. He said, he said, to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Amen. Our sufficiency is of God. That's why I'm here. Because God is in there. Amen. That's right. Holy Ghost is moving. Amen. And so that's why I'm here because he's my sufficiency. Okay. So he says this. Who also hath made us able ministers. Are you looking at that? Amen. He has made us able ministers of the New Testament. That's why, that's why I know I can do this. He's made me an able minister. He's made you an able minister of the New Testament. Amen. Able. Does everybody hear that? Yes. Right. He didn't say unable. Right. He said able. He didn't say disable. Right. He said right. able. Yes. Right. Amen. Huh? Amen. When, a, when, when old Slewfoot steps up and says, oh, no, come on, what you doing there? You know better than that. Oh. You ain't gonna get nothing there. Somebody told me one time. I asked him the question, how come you don't come to church? He said, because it's not real. He looked at me like, you know, like, what are you gonna say to that preacher? And I just thought for a while and I said, well, obviously you never got a hold of the real thing. Right, right. Because if you got a hold of God, you wouldn't be the way you are. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. He didn't know what to say to that. He just looked at me like, 
You know what? I know this for a fact. God wants you to live for him. I know this for a fact. You can overcome every obstacle that comes your way. You can overcome every temptation that comes your way. You can overcome sin. You can overcome the world. You can overcome people that stand in your way. You can even overcome your own family. That's right. Amen. If you really desire to want to live, you, he's made us able ministers. Able ministers. Here's a good question. Go with me to Romans chapter 6. Time is just going by too fast for me. Romans chapter 6, verse number 17. Look what it says. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. Oh, man. We used to be servants. We're not anymore of sin. Huh? God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free, then being then made free from sin. Ye became the servants of righteousness. Huh? I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. You see that? Because of the weakness of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members Servants to righteousness unto holiness. Woo! Huh? Wow. It's as simple as that. We used to give in. We used to yield. We used to give in to those things. But but guess what? That's not our life anymore. That was that's our past. That was the old Harold, the old brother Edwards. Huh? The old brother Paul, the old brother Kevin, the old brother Gary. That was, that was your past. That, that person is, he's gone. He, he, he was buried in a watery grave someplace. He's gone. Amen. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. So that shouldn't be that shouldn't be an issue that we have. Huh? That shouldn't be something that we struggle with. I know for a fact the old Dale Marshall is. He is long gone. Huh? So we see this. And, and look what he says. Let's back up a little bit in that chapter, verse number four. Look what he says. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Have anybody, has anybody in here found your new life yet? Yes, you have a new life. 
But you need to get your mind off of your old life. God has something for you. The only way you're going to experience your new life is being filled with the Holy Ghost. Huh? Being quickened. The Bible says he quickened us by his spirit. You know what that means? He's made us alive. There's a life he has in store for us. But you know what? The reason why we get we get bored and we say there's no, it's not real, is because we're not pursuing the spirit. We're not praying in the Holy Ghost, huh? We don't have a prayer life. Are you listening to me? We don't read our word. We don't talk to God. We don't love him. We don't do any of that. So we haven't found our new life. Your new life would take you. That's right. I was sharing with uh, whoever the other day. I said, you know, I used to be a counselor in treatment. And, and I, would, I would, as much as I could, reach to those people that were on addiction. And I said, you know what you all need to experience in here? I said, spiritual metamorphosis. No. I said, does anybody know about the changes that takes place? And I said, I'll give you an example, a caterpillar. I said, when he goes through that change from being a caterpillar, and he goes and he finds himself a place where he can, he can weave his little cocoon, and he, he, he covers himself up, and then so many days later, that thing breaks open, and he turns in from a caterpillar to a beautiful butterfly, and he flies. I said, that's metamorphosis. That's physical metamorphosis. But I want to talk to you about spiritual metamorphosis. I said, here's the difference between that caterpillar and that, and that butterfly. That caterpillar in his life, in his lower life, when he was a caterpillar, his environment was just uh, subject to the ground and to plants and to branches. That's all he's seen. That's all his life consisted of in the, the lower regions of the economy. Huh? And then he feels this need. He feels this need. And then, here's the thing. Did you know why he does that? Somebody say, well, that's biology. No, it's not. It's God. That's right. God is the one that created the caterpillar. God is the one that used him as an example. So here's that caterpillar going up and finding that place, and he, he, he weaves that cocoon, and he's there for a certain number of days, and pretty soon it comes open. That caterpillar isn't there no more. It's a, it's a beautiful butterfly. You know what it does? It takes flight. It takes flight, and it's, he doesn't, he's not back in that lower environment. Now he's up in a higher environment. Amen. Free to fly. That's what happens to us. Amen. When God comes into our lives, you know what Jesus said? If we, if, if we lose our life, you know, he's talking about the lower life. And we seek the higher life. Amen. If we, we need to lose the Lord and we need to seek the higher life, how are we going to do that? He said, deny yourself and pick up your cross daily. Follow after me. Because whosoever will lose his life, the lower life, for my sake, shall find the higher life. That's right. That's right. That's the new life. That's why people get, you're bored because you're empty. That's right. Woo Thank you, Jesus. I was asked a question one time. I was preaching up in Canada. This was years ago. Got invited to go preach in a the, in the, in the reserve called Dakota Plains. There was supposed to be some preachers that were scheduled to preach. That, and, I, and I ministered the, the first uh, few services. It's like three or four services. <clears throat> well, there's some preachers that were supposed to preach in the uh, in, in the afternoon and then the evening as 
it happened, those preachers ended up not coming. They didn't come until later on. Uh, for whatever reasons, they had good reasons why they couldn't be there. Guess what? And so Brother Smoke said, Brother Harold, I hate to put this all on you, but could you preach both the afternoon service and the evening service? And you know what I said? Okay, I'll do my best. Now, guess what? Somebody might say, well, that's really hard to do. But you know what? I've got a river of life. And all I have to go to is that source, that river of life. And guess what? God would speak the word to me. So I said, this is what I'm going to preach. And you know what? Evening time came around. And, and, and you know what? And here somebody said, wow. Where does that guy get his energy? <laughs> well, guess where I was getting my energy? Yeah. That new, new, right. new life. Yes. Yes. And of course, I was a lot younger then. Huh? I used to do a lot of jumping. Huh? Did uh, I did roll a few times? Huh? And of course, run. You know. But you know, how many of you have found your new life? He said, he said. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, that's in verse number five, we should also be in the likeness of his resurrection, a new, a, a new life. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. That, that, that is all said and done. Oh man, I'm in that thing. I'm thinking about that. How many of you feel condemnation? Nobody's feeling condemnation. That's good. Right? Yeah. That's right. I'm happy to see that. I mean, I think the last time I asked that question, somebody. Why is that so important? Well, Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. Let's go back to Romans chapter 8. I'm almost done here. I'm almost done here. Hold on now. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You know what? The devil always tries to throw that on you. Oh, huh? you'll never make it. You're not worthy. You used to be a drug addict. Huh? You used to be a brawler. You used to, be, used to cuss like a sailor. What are you doing there? You know what? There is no condemnation to them who are in Christ, which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That's right. <clears throat> so when the Spirit quickens us, guess what happens? Hey, guess what? I know I'm not supposed to be here, but guess what? He shed his blood for me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's right. So obviously, That's right. woo! Focus your attention on what God has given you. Not on what you have in the world. Here's the thing. I wish I would have got into that, but I, time just eludes me. But I, I will. 
because there's, there's so many things that a lot of people don't understand as far as the, the word and the law that even amongst theologians, they just kind of, they, they don't know how to interpret. But here's the thing, when you walk in the spirit, well, uh, go with me to uh, Galatians chapter five. <clears throat> when you walk in the spirit, When you walk in the Spirit, in Galatians chapter 5, and in verse number, <clears throat> excuse me, right, right around there, in verse number 22, Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Now look what he says. Against such there is no law. Wow. So what does that mean? If you walk in the Spirit, and all these virtues prevail in you because of the Spirit, these are the fruit of the Spirit. By their fruits you shall know them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Huh? Yeah. The fruits of the Spirit will be manifest. Guess what? When you walk in the Spirit, and the fruits of the Spirit are manifest, guess what? You are not under the law. The law can't judge you. That's right. Amen. 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 You're free from the law. Yeah. Woo! Amen. You know what? The Bible says the law is made for the unrighteous, for the whoremonger, for the murderer. Huh? Yeah. So that's what kind of keeps us out of trouble. Here's the greatest thing. Now, I'm almost done here. I just need to throw this in here. <clears throat> the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The Old Covenant, when they brought them out of uh, Egypt, they were approaching Mount Sinai. And here's the word. As they got into that, the wilderness of Sinai, and here comes the Lord, descended on Mount Sinai. First thing he does is he brings the law. But the law is written on two tables of stone. So the law was to them outward. In order for them to know about God and his word, they had to read those tables of stone to, to know the law of God. It was an outward, an outward experience. But guess what? On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, guess what? What day did they arrive in at Sinai? They, they arrived seven weeks later. So seven times seven is 49, and then they had that day of preparation, 50. So that was a type of the, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. So when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all gathered together, all assembled together in, 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 the, in the upper room, and guess what happened? The Holy Ghost was poured out. And there came in the sound of a rushing mighty wind, and it sat upon each of them, and clove in tongues like as the fire sat upon each of them. And they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. <clears throat> so what happened? Oh, yes, they received the sign of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. But you know, at that instant, you know what God did? He wrote the law in our minds and in our hearts. So now it's not an outward perception. It's an inward perception. Yeah. Woo 
That's why Holy Ghost filled people conform to the word. I haven't seen anybody that is not Holy Ghost filled conform to the word. That's why they say, oh, you're legalist. Who's speaking? Why are you saying that? You're speaking as a man. I appreciate the word and I appreciate everybody coming to Sunday school this morning despite the weather. Uh, Lord willing, we will have service tonight. We are having service. Prayers at 6. Service at 6.30. And hopefully we'll see everybody that's here. We'll see them this evening. God bless you. Greet one another. Have a good godly day. Shake one another's hands. Amen in Jesus' name. I need somebody to count this stuff. Thank you.